You're listening to the Weekly Wrap-Up on Sprott Money News. Well, greetings again from uh, Sprott Money News and SprottMoney.com. This is your Weekly Wrap-Up. It's Friday, February the 24th, 2017. I'm your host, Craig Hemke. And joining us as usual is Eric Sprott. Eric, good morning. Uh, Craig, good morning. Uh, looks like we're going to have another very uh, productive week here. Uh, I guess... The analogy between 16 and 17 seems to be holding here. Let's hope this time it lasts longer than it did in 16, but that was a hell of a run last year. We, we had stocks up about 150%, so we have a little ways to go here. Yes, we do. It's been a very good week. And, and before we get going, just to remind everyone that this weekly wrap-up is brought to you by the Sprott Money Precious Metal Storage Program. We've got five international storage vaults and the most competitive prices in the industry. Visit our international storage page at SprottMoney.com to learn more. Eric, we are, uh, again, retracing a lot of what happened at the end of last year, or the end of 2015 into 16, and now here we go again. Gold, actually, this morning at 1260, now up 9.2% year-to-date. Silver at 1836 is up nearly 15% year-to-date. Not a lot of folks saw that coming outside of about you and I. What do you what do you make of this so far? Well, uh, you know, Craig, I go back to, you know, why did the price go down at year end? Because the commercial bankers wanted it down at year end, okay? And so you had this uh, almost like a, a tightened up coil. And once the year end was over and they got their, their bonuses booked, away we go here. And it's a lot like even what happened uh, so far this week that its option expiry was yesterday. And I think they were keeping a lid on the price uh, of silver, sort of uh, just at eighteen or lower. Uh, price of gold at kind of like uh, certainly under twelve fifty. And the minute the options expired, which was yesterday, well, here we go again, you know. And the the the, the stock, the prices, the commodities lifted up. And I think one of the the best articles written was written by you on your uh, TF Metals website, uh, just explaining how in a very short time period. The silver price was uh, sitting at 18, but sort of just hung there at 18 bucks while the open interest went up by something like 25%. Um, and of course, it was all a commercial selling, which implies that they sold 250 million odd or 300 million odd ounces of silver just to hold the price steady so the options uh, w- wouldn't get into the money. Uh, and of course, once that influence is over, away we go again. So uh, it's good to have the uh, option expire out of the way and... Uh, I think things are looking pretty good going forward. Well, I, I appreciate the shout out. It was uh, it's something I, I just a kind of a mission of mine to draw attention to what I think is the illegitimacy of how we price these things. You know, these banks just simply issue as many contracts as they want. We're now back to within I don't know maybe ten thousand contracts of the all time high of silver open interest on the COMEX, and that all time high was set just last summer when price was at twenty one. I mean, is there any limit? To the amount of shorting, I mean, obviously the the banks aren't limited to the amount of metal they've got on hand at the COMEX. That never seems to change. Is there any limit to the amount of shorting they can do? Well, the, the only limit is the demands for physical metal, <laughs> and uh, of course we've all known that for a long time, and we keep looking for that sort of commercial signal failure when finally someone says, "Okay, I want the product, the physical product," and a guy can't deliver it. And, of course, silver, it's not going to take much money. I mean, there's theoretically a billion ounces of silver kicking around. I'm not even so sure that's anywhere near as high as that because a lot of that silver is owned by ETFs and funds like uh, the Spot Physical Silver Fund. Myself, I own a lot of silver. Like, this stuff's not coming on the market here, but 
it would only cost you $18 billion to own all the physical silver. Well, $18 billion is a drop in the bucket these days for the world. Mm -hmm. So one could easily see, and I think um, James Turk suggested that uh, there's going to be a serious short squeeze in silver here starting this week. Kind of looks like it's manifesting itself. In essence, your article saying the same thing, right? That there's all this paper silver been sold, and the day of reckoning happens. I mean, if these guys sold 300 million ounces and they're now down, uh, whatever, 40 cents, let's say, on silver, uh, they're down 120 million bucks. Now, maybe that's to the commercial banks who get fined more than that per day. It, it doesn't make any difference, but you you would think somewhere along the line it would start to to bite in there. So anyway, well, and, it and looks good. Just to be clear, you know, a lot of folks listening to us say, well, why doesn't somebody just go in and buy it all? Well, the, the exchange is set up to keep that from happening. There are position limits in the delivery month of 1,500 contracts. So even if you, Eric, wanted to go in and, and uh, be a hunt brother, the most you could take delivery of is 1,500 contracts, and that's not enough to really even move the needle from a delivery standpoint. And yeah. so they're, they're, it's set up to keep it from happening. And let's not forget that if somebody somehow had a big position and asked for it to, to, for delivery and it wasn't available, they can just cash settle it too. Yeah, so they you know they've they got don't it have set to up. deliver. It's not really a physical exchange. It's a physical unless we don't have it, and then it's a monetary exchange. Exactly. Let's move on to the economic news, Eric. News out of Canada this morning that uh, Canadian price inflation is surging, just as as we're being told it's surging here in the U.S. with a month over month in January of nearly a full percent. What do you what do you make of that up there? <laughs> Well, you know, January, of course, is a favorite time for everyone to increase prices, right? They're all looking at the outlook for the year, and they see the business is kind of soft, and costs are going up, and lots of companies introduce price increases uh, for January, effective January 1st. Um, I, I've always totally disbelieved the inflation numbers. I mean, I just, every time I turn around and see whatever it is, whether the cost of a of a traffic fine or, you know, your electrical bill. Like, it, it, we have a huge elect- electrical problem in Ontario up here. Like, the cost, the bills are going up more, you know, double, serious double digits every year. Property taxes, rents, uh, uh, health care. I mean, it's just everything's out of control. So there, there's lots of inflation in the system here. Uh, of course, part of it's been brought about by the the reversal in the oil price from the lows of twenty six to uh, back up to fifty two bucks. Um, but there's lots of other things that are causing it. So inflation has become more apparent all around the globe. I mean, whether it's China, Europe, uh, North America, we've seen it in everybody's data that CPI is uh, starting to uh, put some pressure on things here. So now they tell us that the Fed is getting behind the curve, and they and the Fed's going to need to hike uh, FOM, the FOMC. Maybe the next time the FOMC meets in March, which uh, I don't think is going to happen. And if you look at rates around the globe, not only on the short end where LIBOR is not rising, the German two-year is now approaching negative one percent. But even here in the states, the the long bond, the thirty-year long bond, got to three twenty-one. It's under three this morning. The ten-year note got to two sixty. It's back to two thirty-five. Uh, Eric, inflation's picking up, but it sure doesn't look like interest rates are rising. Yeah, and and the odds of a rate hike in March are diminishing all the time. So 
I, you know, Yellen obviously left herself a lot of room there. This whole dated dependency thing, you know, they always say it's live, which means nothing. Of course it would be live. What are you meeting for if it's not live? Yeah. Um, but the fact is that uh, they're not likely to do it because your two uh, stalwarts here have been uh, home building and, and auto sales, and they're both, both are very... A uh, critical element is is the rate of interest on these loans because everyone buys everything with a loan. So I don't see it happening here. Uh, lots of people believe that there's been no recovery since the crisis in 07, 08, that it all gets papered over, that we're in kind of a total Ponzi here. And um, there's lots of evidence that, you know, you take away the $10 trillion of buying by the central banks, uh, which has given us this one or two percent GDP growth. You take that away, where would we be? And I think it's obvious to anybody who's kind of rational that uh, there would have been, there, we would have been in a recession the whole time without those outside influences. So, fine if they want to reverse those and start raising rates, they're going to be a serious price to pay in the economy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Eric, uh, lastly this morning, I want to talk a little bit about the underperformance this week of the shares. We probably assign blame yeah. uh, in a lot of places for that, but with the metals surging, and we'll see how the shares do today. The shares are actually down a bit this week. I know you've got some thoughts on that you'd like to share with everybody, so have at it. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I do spend more time now looking at the, the reported earnings of uh, some of the major companies. I only do that because I'm the chairman of Kirk and Lake Gold and probably should know what my competition is doing. I would be very unlikely to buy ever buy shares in a, in a large mining company because the large mining companies don't have anywhere near the ability to uh, change their prospects as much as the smaller companies do. But I, I look at it, and I would say that I get this feeling that these earn- the earnings are underperforming here, that the stock values of the majors are kind of hard to justify based on what they're reporting. Now, that can change quickly, Craig, if all of a sudden, you know, the price of gold's 1300 instead of 1200 um, then all of a sudden their earnings are going to change dramatically. So I'm not saying that these things are sales, but I think they're kind of weighing on the group, and uh, which makes it rather interesting because if you actually have a company who's doing well, I think it's going to seriously outperform other companies here. So um, being um, very careful as to what you're owning I think it's going to become uh, incredibly more significant here. So, yes, the stocks are down something like 3% so far as of Thursday evening, uh, while gold's up approximately one5 Normally, if you had a 1.5% increase in the gold price, I mean, you'd have a 4.5% to 6% rise in the gold stocks. Well, we got a lot of room to make up, and as you say, maybe we'll make up a lot of it today because, you know, we've broken out on, on the uh, – on, on both uh, gold and silver, they both threw their 200-day. Uh, Silver's through its sorry. Um, silver through its 200-day. Yes. Gold is approaching its 200-day, but they're both kind of through significant downtrends here and look like they're they're ready to leap forward. I think the biggest thing is is the honeymoon over. Is the Trump honeymoon over? And uh, we have today here Friday some serious carnage going on in markets, particularly in Europe, as I speak. It looks like the uh, U.S. indices are going to open lower. And I think the problem is that it, it, things seem somewhat dysfunctional on, in two senses. One, the Democrat, Democrats and the bureaucrats are going after the Trump administration, making life very difficult. That's one. And then two, I, I'm, I'm a little in fear that there might be some dysfunction within the Trump administration, that you have some of these 
people that are from the swamp and people that aren't from the swamp. And, and I think there might be a little bit of an internal fight going on there, uh, which we don't know how that's going to get resolved. But, I mean, for those people who voted for Trump who wanted him to drain the swamp, they better hope that that side wins. Otherwise, we just got more of the same again. So uh, I think that uh, that is uh, leaning on markets here. And, of course, that just brings people into gold because they need somewhere to go uh, where hopefully they're going to make a good return. And, and declining stock prices, of course, is great uh, for the gold shares. Yeah. And, Eric, how many times in December and into January did you and I visit on these Fridays and talk about being a contrarian and not following what we call the generally accepted narrative, you know, that the stock market was going to surge and interest rates were going higher and the dollar was getting stronger and how – if everybody's on the same side of the trade, it's probably not going to work out that way. And what you're describing is exactly that. No, I think it's uh, it's going to be good for us here. We've had a great uh, uh, six or seven weeks uh, going into the year. Um, I think it's going to continue. You can see lots of buying and these issues, these stock issues that go on mostly in Canada, of course. Uh, but the interest is there. Uh, the stocks move quickly on news. So I, I and I think gold and silver both look like they're, you know, beautifully positioned. Now I don't want to use technicals as my barometer because, as you and I both know, that could end in the nanosecond mm-hmm. if we don't win the war against the commercials. So we still have that to uh, to bear in mind. But there's a lots of indications with, for example, the ETFs are are getting some uh, pretty good inflows. I see Russia came back and bought 37 million ounces in January. So there's. There's some pretty good demand out there, which I think should uh, hold, cause things to uh, hold together here and continue the uptrend. Well, we'll see where we are by next Friday. And by next Friday, we'll have another one of those employment reports down here in the States. And so that ought to make our conversation a week from today even more interesting. But until then, I'll give you the rest of the week off, Eric, and thank you for your time. <laughs> Craig, all the best. And thanks, everybody, for listening. From all of us here at Sprott Money News and SprottMoney.com, have a great weekend.